Hello and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast. Buying for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective. It is Saturday. That's right, we're back on a Saturday, August 24th, 2019. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And is Rachel going to play stuff on her phone for us to listen yeah. to? Is that what's going on? Mm-hmm. I just came across this very, very lovely and delightful um, video of a bunch of uh, black men singing and dancing to opera in the streets, um, mm-hmm. and I really loved it, but I can't share that on this. So. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So uh, it's been a tough week. It's been a tough couple weeks. I apologize that it's been a little crazy for us. I'm, of course, with my band in the studio recording an album and planning a tour, and we've got stuff going on. It's summer, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's been a little hard for us to keep a regular schedule for podcasts. Uh, meanwhile, the world is literally melting down. Um, yes. There's a lot happening, and a lot of it is bad and scary and no good, and, and, and not just here with our big sloppy orange president, but uh, elsewhere. Uh, it is a, a cornucopia of garbage, and it's hard to know where to start. Yes. Where would you like to start? I would like to start with the difference between catcalling and sending a compliment to a, a woman on the street. <laughs> right. I was just walking down the street to get a iced tea in preparation for the podcast, and there was a woman who was smoking outside of the Seven Eleven. And as I walked by, she said, "Holy shit, your tattoo is glorious!" And I said, "Thank you." And she said, "The colors are just perfect for your skin tone." Hmm. And I said, "Thanks." And then I walked inside, and that is how you compliment a strange woman on the street without being creepy. As opposed to. <laughs> As opposed to. Hey, baby, let me see your tits or, you know, any numerous other things that would obviously be catcalling. So that was a nice thing that happened today. In other news, um, I think top of the hour, the first thing we should talk about is the Amazon rainforest. Yeah. Because I had a meltdown this week, um, as I'm sure many of you may have had. The rainforest in the Amazon has been burning for three weeks. I would like to clarify that this is not some kind of climate change um, forest fire situation. Uh, that that seems to be a narrative that's going around in some of the media that I've been seeing, and that is not accurate. It's an intentional burning of the, the forest uh, to deforest it so that mm-hmm. big agribusiness um, in Brazil can uh, raise cattle where the forest used to be. Um, why that's Wh- really bad. Which is what that guy Bolsonaro promised he would do during right. his campaign. Right. He telegraphed it. Right. Um, he's a fucking fascist, and uh, capitalism is literally destroying the planet, but at a rate that's much, 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 much speedier than we might have imagined um, if we had just let capitalism do its normal thing. Um, <clears throat> the thing about the rainforest in the Amazon is that it's what they call the lungs of the planet. Mm-hmm. And so... If we lose uh, 5% more of the rainforest in the Amazon... 20% more. Um, I looked it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's it. We're done. That's it. That's, that's, uh, that's catastrophic to a point that we will not be... Re- it's not recoverable. It's done. It's over. So, um, not to mention, this is a genocide of the indigenous people who live in the Amazon. Still uh, um, up to a million still. Correct. Uh, that are just being uh, wiped out and that, and that their um, homes are being destroyed and that uh, it's, it's, 
it's the biggest story that should be everywhere. It's the only thing anyone should be talking about is that like we're literally on the brink of catastrophic destruction of the planet. Literally like we're right there standing on the edge of it and there's a genocide occurring and like it's sort of oh that yeah oh. the, the and good, it's, it's yeah. very frustrating the good news is <laughs> if there is any good news is that the world is reacting to this finally um finally and they're mobilizing and Bolsonaro who really is sort of like a Trump like figure because he's a bad guy and an idiot yes um at first, his first kind of thing was to say, well, fake news. Uh-huh. Then, you know, it was plainly obvious through satellite and all kinds of other, you know, ways to confirm it. He said, well, th- these fires are being set by these NGOs who supposedly want to protect the rainforest to make me look bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Another Trump thing. Right. And then the rest of the world said, OK, even if that's true, we need to stop it. You know, we need to, and he's like, no, 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 I, we got this, don't worry. And he has deployed the Brazilian military to try to mitigate it. Um, now, it's hard to know what that looks like or how effective that is, but... And what the effect on the indigenous peoples will be when the Brazilian military, controlled by a fascist, yeah. goes into their homeland. They There also was a sort of summit from um, some surrounding countries, and some of those surrounding countries have deployed some planes full of water, and it does seem like they're trying to do something about it. Um, and that it may be, we may not be like it's still really fucking bad. The, the, well, look, this, as much of it has burned, yeah. like it's really fucking bad. The scope of this is hard for people to comprehend, right? When they think of wildfires, they think of California, right, or Colorado. Th- this is the uh, that magnitude, a hundred, a thousand. I mean, this is this is a huge physical <laughs> phenomenon that that is going to be very hard. It's going to take a worldwide effort. Um, and fortunately, timing-wise, the G7 summit starts uh, today, basically. And the rest of the, I don't know what Trump is going to say, but the rest of the world is going to uh, mobilize and, and try to address this however they can because the rest of the world are not idiots and they understand what's at stake. This is not Brazilian people's air, yeah. right? This is the world's air. This is having enough oxygen for the human race and every species to breathe air. Yeah. Well, so this, this is yeah. not just affecting brown people in South America. This is affecting the literal fucking world's air supply. Mm-hmm. So just because it's located in a South American country does not make this a South American uh, problem. Yeah. Now, Bolsonaro is his, you know, the people of Brazil are not saying, oh, okay, it's fine, whatever. Like, they're, they're noticing that their day has turned to night with all the smoke <coughs> in major yeah. cities. Yeah. So they're not happy. Uh, there is pressure put on. The world is mobilizing. Whether it's going to be enough and fast enough, and how much resistance from the Brazilian military, or that remains to be seen. This is all unfolding, but the world is not sitting on its hand saying whatever, which is kind of what it felt like earlier in the week. Which is one of the well, reasons it's, you had it's a meltdown. Been three weeks, and no one said or did or did, nothing was happening. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh my god, we may not be able to have air. And then it was like, <laughs> shit. Including yeah. me. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Like, holy fuck. Um, yeah, it was It was sort of just like, I guess that's it then. We're dead. All of us. The world, It's just that's it. I, and that's terrifying. And I'm not trying to be crazy. Like, it's real. This is happening. And I hope that we're at a point now where we're taking it seriously enough and we haven't caught it late, too late, that, mm-hmm. like, it, it can 
be preserved, that it, it can be put out, and that we can do something to repair the damage. Like I don't, but I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that until until we know, and it's it's. We also, you know, it, it's interesting to go a little, take a wider angle lens to everything in the world. There's been this sort of pushback preceding this in the last few months for people to say. Twitter is not the real world and you know the people who do, do engage in all these things on Twitter are just their own little enclave and the real world is still you know the the classic media and the, right. the, the again this is another example that the classic media is not equipped to deal with this day and age not deal uh, is able to deal with this spate of of right wing nationalist dictator types popping up all over the world and trying to seize power. They're not equipped to deal with the true nature of the fact that catastrophic climate change is here. It's not this thing that you know forever and ever. It was like in ten years and twenty years. If this isn't addressed, it's going to be bad. It's like well, now we're here, and the media hasn't right. It's shifted twenty that years paradigm. now, and we didn't do anything. Yeah. And so now it's not later. It's here. Well, it got here probably. A, quicker than we anticipated yes uh, because but, we didn't do anything uh, yeah, <laughs> we made and, it worse. And, and the media is not equipped to to cover that and they're not you know they don't want to sound like hyperbolic and hyperventilating and and they don't know how to they don't know how to cover something oh it's, as it's worse than that as it's this. it's worse than that you, you sit in a newsroom and a producer is like Someone says we should lead with the, the Amazon fires and a producer says uh, that'll put people in a bad mood or they'll they'll change. You know, they'll they'll click off of it. Let's cover the thing Biden said. Biden said I'm a pretty pony, you know, like it's worse. And so the, my point is like, no, we have to be the news. Yep. We have to, you know, we have to spread the news and we need to talk to people. And social media is the way of spreading information. And, and that in also means that you have to follow people who aren't like you. Yeah. You have to follow people from different countries, from different backgrounds. Hit that Google Translate button, it works. And and so that you can be better informed. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not saying follow like conservative white ring assholes. I'm saying like follow people from around the world. At least follow journalists from. Yeah, uh, there are reporters on the ground. Who in, you know in all around the world? Despite Bolsonaro, Brazil still has something of a free press that is semi-working. Mm -hmm. Like, see what's going on there, or people from neighboring countries who are on the ground. It's like, yeah, they're not Rachel Maddow, and you're waiting for her. But like, spread spread out a little bit, yeah. and 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 widen your horizons to find out what's going on, and see what you can do. There's a lots of lots of things you can do if you want to <coughs> donate time or money, or it, it's. If you feel like, well, I need to do something, there are things you can do. That is, you know, we, we, we talk so much about the unfortunate nature of the Internet in terms with the rise of white nationalism and incels and, all, and conspiracy theories and anti-vaxxers and all this horrible stuff. But there's a good side, too. Yeah. The good side is we can crowdfund and mobilize good things very, very quickly. Yes. And we're going to have to. Yeah. Because we can't rely on the government and we can't rely on the media and we can't rely on our own political leadership. We absolutely cannot. They're not right. going to ride to our rescue. No, well, that's been made pretty fucking clear, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're the ones, it, for the most part, we're up against. Right. Uh, so that's my rant. Yeah. Um, what else is there to say about that? N nothing. It's terrifying. And, you know, I guess my only addition to that would be that Elections matter everywhere, and that um, 
keeping your eye on what is happening to the politics in other countries is important for precisely this reason, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I don't know enough about Brazilian politics, and I don't know exactly how this guy got into power. I don't know if it was a free and fair election. Probably not, is what I'm guessing. Um, but, well, I could tell you a little bit about it. But the point is, I should know more. I'm going to find out more. And it's not just Brazil; it's everywhere. But when somebody like this becomes the head of state in Brazil, it's like, oh God, another Trump shit and whatever. But he's also the president of the place where the the lungs of the earth are. So yeah. like, that's a thing that really matters, right? Like that's a, important for if you like breathing air. And that that's true for a lot of places for a lot of different reasons. And I think we have to really think about how insulated we sort of are and how narrowly we look at politics and the horse race of the Democratic primary is mm-hmm. very unimportant when a fascist comes to power that happens to control the space where Amer- or where the Earth's lungs are and then starts burning it down for corporations. Like, oh shit, I should have been paying attention to that. I'm guilty of this. I wasn't. I knew that he existed and he was awful, but like, I didn't really think about the consequences of that. Well, if you want to drive yourself crazy... Even this week, we have Neera Tandron and, um, oh God, what's her name? The awful Bernie woman from Ohio. Nina Turner going God. at it on social media. And the Bernie people are the, saying, you damn Hillary people and Jill Stein and Susan Sarandon. And we're getting into that whole thing yep. again. And, and yep. I'm not even going to delve into it nope. because it's so unimportant. Of course, it could be important if we wind up in a situation where some third-party asshole tries to throw it to Trump again out of spite, but you know, right now there are bigger. I, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered with it. Yeah, I absolutely cannot be. Right, right. You know, like there's just bigger I, I, things. I, I don't even know on. that we're going to talk about the Dem primary today, except to mention a couple people that dropped out. Yeah. Um, other than that, like I'm, I'm not going to dive too heavy into that. Yeah. Because uh, there's other shit to talk about, um, and I guess the next thing we want to talk about is is the president is unhinged and losing his mind more and more by the day. <coughs> uh, Literally. Though. I'm not even sure what aspect to get into. I guess as a Jewish man, um, yeah. I should talk about what was the biggest news earlier in the week, which was uh, him and the Republicans are going to milk this uh, we hate the squad and they're anti-Semites for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get as hyperbolic as they can over it. And... I guess it was earlier this week, or maybe it was even last weekend, where Trump said, these people are so horrible and anti-Semitic, and, and if you're a Jew, you're, what did he say, you're a traitor, you're disloyal? If you're disloyal. a Jew and you vote Democrat, you are disloyal or <laughs> stupid. Look, it's bad enough when, like, a Jewish person says that, like Netanyahu has said shit like that in the past, but... Uh, when a Nazi a, says a Jew, it? When well, even even if he wasn't a Nazi, he's, he's a non-Jew. Right. So uh, uh, it, it's it's Jew explaining to Jews what is in their best interest, and they're disloyal if they don't do this thing. And and it Going backfired. Down the obviously, of calling Jews disloyal is very triggering. I, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing it, that we not did. Something we're back real in happy the fucking thirties, right? It, it's not something we're real happy about. No. You start it, down the path of disloyal, and pretty soon you get to, you know. But then it got weirder. Then then it was in a subsequent news conference when asked about it, he said how Israel loves him and he's the chosen one. Yes. 
And he, he later on said he was just kidding, but... And then somebody, he quoted somebody on Twitter that he was the king of Israel. <laughs> and the chosen one, it was like, this is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Even the evangelicals, that, that doesn't really jibe with what you guys are into. I mean, is, is this... Either you think he's the Antichrist, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> or, you know, or you think he's the Messiah or the second coming. Um, okay. I mean, I mean, we're get. That's how crazy we are right now. Yeah. That that's that's the crazy shit we're getting into. Right. Here in 2019, and um, I mean, that is crazy, unhinged shit. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't either, to be honest with you. I. It's like. <clears throat> I don't know how to engage with it because it's it's just. Kind of more of the same insanity and nonsense and ridiculous just like what the fuck and then also like is it the more of the same or is it escalating because it feels like it's escalating it feels like he is really really unstable and he's always been unstable but it feels like he's just it's just getting worse and like no, no he's one def- is he's definitely unstable calling him out at this point they're just like I don't know he said this really weird thing now and then we just kind of move on because it's like well I don't know what the fuck to say that the president said he's the chosen one and then a couple of weeks ago he was like I don't intend to leave office after my second term is over right. and you're like oh good okay well no, I, I think he's being called out plenty he's not being called out by Republican leadership and, and and certainly not by most of Fox News, but that's to be expected. But plenty, <laughs> plenty of people are calling him out, and the the poll numbers are starting to dip at least a little bit. And and this is the thing I was talking about with somebody else that, okay, you know what? As an American public, we've endured a lot from this guy, and and he, a lot of crazy shit has happened, and a lot he said a lot of stupid shit. And like for a while, it didn't really matter. He was always hovering around that 40 to 45 percent of Americans said, oh, it's fine. Roughly, you know, a little less than half to roughly half. Now that's finally starting to erode a little bit. And this is what I was trying to explain to somebody. Like even your most dumb, (coughs) vapid reality show that's your guilty pleasure, like it gets old after a while. Yeah. Like you're over it. Right. And or even like that show that's kind of your guilty pleasure, like Grey's Anatomy. You know it's kind of dumb and it's overdramatic, and then it, eventually it jumps the shark, and you're like, oh, right. When, right, when the seven forty seven like into the hospital, anthrax, like come on, like, crashes into the hospital, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Right. When the terrorists like, parachute into the emergency room with the vials of sarin, right? Then it's like, okay, right, we, we, I, we're I'm, out of things to do. So I'm done. I'm done. Right, mm-hmm. and I think America is starting to react to that and be like, eh, we're we're a little. You know, the idea of the president just being a, a maniac who says ridiculous shit and insults people on Twitter like he's a wrestler, like, yeah, that was fine. It's different. Like, we can handle that for a good. year, year and it's a half. Fine. And uh, and now it's like, uh, you know, I'm kind of over it. I kind of miss having a normal president. And like the world's literally ending. I think they care less about that. Right. <laughs> I think... I think they care less about that, or they don't believe it until, like, literally, you know Americans, like, until the water from the oceans is lapping at their feet in the suburbs, they're not going to really acknowledge climate change. Until they walk outside, they literally can't breathe because the oxygen's been depleted. They won't really acknowledge. They'll be like, oh, that was real? (laughs) Shit. Yeah. And like I said to you earlier this week, like, maybe, maybe, maybe we deserve it. Maybe we're just too fucking stupid and too fucking cruel Maybe, maybe, maybe we should just, the planet's just like, I'm done. 
I'm done with y'all. And I would not blame the planet for that. You know, I would like to think that, but the reality of it is it's not the the fat, gross, suburban white people that are the first on that list. It's always the, the, the poor and the most vulnerable who are... Yep. The, uh, the first line of, of harm from these sorts of things, yep. sadly. You know, because God has a sick sense of humor, I guess. <clears throat> but in any event, um, yeah, it was, even by Trump standards, it was an insane week. And I know we say that a lot, but I think things are starting to pile up. First of all, it was only a couple weeks ago, remember, we had the the massacres in, in California, in Texas, mm-hmm. and in Ohio. Right. And... By the way, there's been a spat of of near misses too with other people that were caught threatening to shoot up or caught with yeah. ammunition ready to shoot places up, copycats, because uh, everybody's losing their mind. Yep. And you know, Trump initially said like, you know, 95% of the country wants background checks, and Trump said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do background checks. The media was dumb enough to say, oh, he's going he's going to do background checks. I guess he Great. said he's going to, and. Guess what? He sat down with Wayne LaPierre uh, and probably some Republican leadership. No, there was a call. Yeah. yeah. He had a call with the NRA. And 15 minutes later, uh, that was reversed. Yeah. And so I think that's getting on people's nerves. The fact that, yeah, the recession is coming and the tax break didn't help anybody but mega rich people, just like we said. Right. That's starting to get on people's nerves. Yeah. And just acting like an unhinged lunatic day after day and embarrassing us is starting to grate on people and we are on people. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the fact that people like our parents don't want to admit we were right, yeah. is the only reason that there's still somewhere between, you know, hovering around 40%. Otherwise, I mean, that's right, be because they really, to really critically examine where we are right now and be honest with oneself about what this is right now in this moment would mean you have to admit that you did this. You mm-hmm. created this situation and to acknowledge how fucking bad it is and how dangerous it is and what your culpability was in it is a thing that the boomers are not capable of. They ju- that would mean that they they were wrong this whole time and that because they were wrong and they didn't listen to facts that they put us in this situation and I just don't see them generationally being able to do that. Yeah. It's just not a part of like I they just are like I cannot make that in my brain possible because Holy shit, that would mean that I destroyed the country, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially because <laughs> that I so they love they or hate whatever. admitting that the younger generation was right about anything. Right. It's just it, it's we're all alarmists. Like, we're all snowflakes. We're all we're lazy, and you know the, the problems that we perceive aren't real because they didn't deal with them. So if they didn't deal with them, they must not exist. Yeah, and, and so nothing that we say is true. And Everything think, we say is bullshit. Yeah. And then when they're like, "Oh my god, what did we do?" They can't have that moment. I think we can point our fingers in this sense because <coughs> us being the older millennials can look at the what what are the younger ones called the Gen Z now, mm-hmm. and you know, we can get on them for like their music or their video games or whatever, but when they teach us things, when they have points of view that are different and we learn something, like we're willing to do that and we're open-minded and we're like, okay, we need to understand what this is and how the world works the way you see it and how the world works that you're going to be inheriting. Yes. I love them. (laughs) Right? Like, I I find that whenever a younger person than I am 
checks me on something that you, I, that is my immediate response is to go like, hold on, let me check. Like, yeah. let me figure out because they are just so much smarter and more open and just late. They just have not drank the Kool-Aid of America. They haven't drank the Kool-Aid of the old white men. They just give zero fucks. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think our generation to some extent, less so than Gen X and less so than, right, the boomers. Like, every generation drinks the Kool-Aid a little less. And Gen Z is just like, what fucking Kool-Aid? No. So when a person younger than me, and I work with quite a few people that are in Gen Z and have a couple of friends who are, um, teach me something or check me on something, my immediate response is like, probably you're right. Let <laughs> me think about that, right? <laughs> right? And and it, they almost always are. Like, the, they just are. They just see... The world differently and better. But and our, I our parents' them. generation has never been able to do that. And you know, no. even when I was a kid, I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. that attitude, <laughs> that sort of like you know nothing attitude. You know, you think you know things, you don't know anything. We have all when the answers. When you get older, you'll realize my generation. And they were saying mm-hmm. this when they were in their thirties, right? Or even their late twenties, right? I mean, my parents had me when they were in their early to mid 30s so they were saying this in their you know late 30s to early 40s they were already had this confidence of I know everything and no one else knows anything and it's like where did that come from like I'm that age now I am that age now and I don't think I have everything figured out I don't think I know everything I don't think I have nothing left to learn I don't think that I can just waltz into the world and be in control of everything and I know everything and there's nothing that I can learn from anyone. That's insane. I don't know where they got this idea, but that's true. Like, they were about our age. I think that, you know, coming off of the of Vietnam and the economic problems of the 70s and having survived that, and then, you know, they were able to buy homes and get educations and they're like well we made it and get power we did it and we must have done this because we're very smart and industrious right or very good we have first of all you can only be successful if you are morally sound <laughs> and so yeah. that if you that also means if you're unsuccessful that you have some moral failing and not that there's some sort of systemic problem with the culture that makes some people successful and some people not and then they were like you know what we need morality so they they elected Reagan, right? <laughs> and and they just had the confidence of a mediocre white man. Mm-hmm. They just failed upwards, and they took all of the progress of their parents' generation and of the New Deal and of all of these social programs and ate them all up and then decided they didn't want to pay for them anymore. And now they've been systemically trying to get rid of them for the last 30, 40 years. And then they had kids and grandkids, and now they're like, oh, the world is not that good for you. But they don't see it that way. They're like, well, I didn't have to work that hard. I didn't have to. And it's like, no, you (laughs) took something that a country and a community built, and then you ate it all up, and you took all of the resources out of it, and then you destroyed it. And then you look to us, and you say, what's wrong with you? Because we don't have the same resources that you had. And then when we try to explain, like... This is what the cost of college is now. This is what it, how much it is to buy a home. This is, you know, these things are much more difficult now. I can't afford insurance. I can't. They say, well, then you need to figure out, then, then you should have got a better job and you should have gone to a better college or maybe you shouldn't have even gone to college. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's always like somehow it's what our fault. What are you doing wrong? <laughs> 
And it's like, no, I they, just, they, they I were, live in a different fucking world than you did. They were in a better position and they made it. And since we didn't, that must be a moral failing. Yes. And our, our entire part. generation is lazy and entitled and we are immoral because we are struggling. And yeah. we're sick of it. Yes. In case you haven't noticed. Right. And the crazy part is, is they desperately need us because they're yeah. all retiring. Yeah. And they need us to take care of them. Like why they're called baby boomers is because <sighs> a shitload of babies were born right after, right World, after World War, War II. II. Yeah. And they were the largest generation ever to be, to exist. And and they, they grew up in an area where there were a lot of affordable homes and a lot of them inherited homes. And they had the GI Bill. Homes and they had the GI Bill. And, you know, the college cost about $12. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't need to go. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, they got all this and said, well, we did it. We, we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. <laughs> no, you didn't. So that's the crazy part. No, and now, now they're going to be very old and they're going to need our help. And it's like, well, we have to save the world, actually. Right. Um, now, because we are who we are and mm-hmm. our moral center, yes. not our Reagan moral center, but our actual no. moral center doesn't mean that we're going to make you die on the streets like before the New Deal. Like we're literally trying to prevent that from happening, you fucking psychopaths yeah so we'll save them we'll try we'll try and that's our that's the legacy I mean that's it and that is our generational rant yeah okay so what should we talk about next um I feel like we've got like 15 minutes do you want to do Epstein Sure. Okay. You want to talk about that amazing Mother Jones yeah. article? Yeah. So, man, I was in a really good mood on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and then Travis picked me up from work, and I was not in a good mood anymore. Not because Travis picked me up from work, but because... Oh, I thought that, you know, that'll do it. He had this lovely uh, article to share. So... This Mother Jones guy... Well, let's back up, because we haven't been on the air for a while. Okay. Well, I, th- I guess we might have mentioned in our last podcast that Jeffrey Epstein uh, hanged himself mm-hmm. in his cell, uh, apparently. Yeah. I, I want to get, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, he did, right? He did kill himself. It appears so. Um, there was some really crazy, like, oh my God, he was murdered. Bah. All that stuff's still um, floating around. Yeah, and like, come on, stop. Who cares? He killed himself. That was always going to happen. He was never going to make it to the stand, and we all knew that. I think we covered that. But then this week, um, prosecutors went to court to um, uh, drop the charges, and people lost their fucking minds. So, and I'm like, okay, you guys. They want to put his corpse in in the jury, in the According, they just explain, because maybe people don't know. This doesn't mean that... (laughs) Everybody who was involved in this case, it's, it's, this is, the cases are against individuals and not groups. Mm-hmm. And so, generally, um, they can be against multiple individuals. But generally speaking, unless we're talking RICO, this is a case against one man, right? This is the United States federal government versus Jeffrey Epstein. And when a person who is involved in a criminal case dies, the court considers that case moot, which means... You no longer have standing in court because the person on trial is dead. So this is very normal. It doesn't mean that everyone's like, oh, well, I guess everybody who raped children is fine. It just means that he's dead. 
There's yeah. no case to be had. What are we going to do? Had, there's, there's, there's nothing to be done. He's dead. It's done. It's over. That case is over because he's dead. But people were really freaking out. Like, oh my God, this just shows conspiracy in the prosecution. And I was like, stop, he's dead. There's no criminal case to bring against a dead person. That's just the way it works. <laughs> yeah, you can't like put his corpse there and the doesn't the mean that all the evidence and... that they have doesn't it goes away. It doesn't mean that all the files that they collect, all that stuff still exists and is still in work and work in progress. Like Ghislaine Maxwell is still going to get indicted. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff's coming, but like the dead guy can't go to court, right. so it's a moot case. So they dropped it. So right. that's just normal and don't freak out. It's fine. Um. And then this this thing happened. So this guy, I'm going to get his name real quick. Um, I forgot his name. He's some supposed scientist and buddy of Jeffrey so, Epstein. So uh, Leland Nally is the person who wrote this article for Mother Jones. came out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Stuart Pivar, 89-year-old. Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, Pivar. Pivar, 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 P-I-V-A-R, however you pronounce that. I don't much care to get his name correct because you'll see why. He's 89 years old, is an art collector and a controversial scientist who says Jeffrey Epstein was, quote, his best pal for decades. Yeah. So this Leland uh, Nally interviews this guy, uh, calls him up, right, and then records the conversation and then transcribes that conversation, edited for length and clarity, which is interesting because it's really not. Uh, it must He must have, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty wandering and repetitive. Um, so this guy, uh, Pivar, wrote a book called Life Code, The Theory of Biological Self-Organization, uh, is an advocate of non-Darwinian models of evolution. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Um, he's interested in cryonics and eugenics, uh, which also Epstein was interested in with his whole, I yeah, want to see yeah. the human race with his DNA thing. A- and he wanted to have his head and penis frozen. Remember oh my that? God, no, I didn't know that. I don't need to know that. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Well, now you do. Jesus. Like Epstein, you know, he never got around to that. So. Here's the thing, though. I, Epstein ostensibly wanted to live to be like 90, right? He didn't mm-hmm. want to hang himself in his cell and he didn't want to die of cancer. Well, or, he never thought he was going to get caught. And if he got caught, which he did, he, exactly what happened the first time is what he thought would happen forever. Well, hold on. I'm just, let me just talk about the cryogenic thing. Ugh. So his, his plan ostensibly was, okay, when I'm an old man and I'm obviously dying, uh, as soon as I croak, cut off my head and my dick and freeze them so that you can put them on a robot 200 years in the future. Like, what was I mean, it? What was it? I mean, but it's going to be a 90 year old dick. I mean, plus his obsession with his fucking dick. My God. Well, clearly. My God. Even his buddy there cop to that. But what, oh, yeah. what, 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 what is the point of, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I listened to a whole podcast about cryogenics that was really interesting. This guy, um, tried to do it and then it's just this like just this failure after failure and it's super sad and like also really uh, frustrating because he was promising these people that he would freeze their loved ones who were dying including like the seven year old girl who died of cancer and then he didn't know what he was doing and it didn't work and things were failing and so then he would just like try to unfreeze and add new bodies to the same containers and then that failed and it was just it's a really it's a dark story but anyway so the cryogenics thing is I don't understand I mean I get it if your seven year old daughter is dying and somebody says maybe someday we can bring her back like the desperation of losing something like that I get that 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 exists but the sort of arrogance of 
of promising that to somebody like that is is troubling. Um, anyway, so this guy, uh, this journalist, just sort of, I guess, calls him, and yeah, he answers the phone, which is weird in this day and age. Which he I think. regrets later on. Apparently, he does very much so. He talks about it at length, um, and he just starts asking him. Like, I don't know if Leland is a man or a woman. I, I think I, it's a man. I think it's a man. Yeah. I don't. I'm not sure. Um, and just starts asking him questions about about Epstein and, and his relationship, to and Epstein. his relationship, and what he to knows him. about yep. what he did, and um, and this guy starts talking. Oh yeah, now talking he, like he's been waiting for this phone call his whole life. <laughs> yeah, I mean seriously. And then he like he's just he's just a garbage person. So his big thing is, you know, that Jeffrey Epstein did a lot for science. Uh, basically calls him a moron, but says like. He had money, and scientists spend so much of their time looking for money to fund their research that even if Jeffrey Epstein was a moron, if he invited you to a dinner party with the promise of maybe he'll give you some money for your scientific research, a lot of really prominent scientists were like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll suffer through some bullshit dinner, but, but maybe it'll but get funding, that's right? That's the only thing this guy could cite, because he kept asking him over and over, like, okay, you keep saying you did these wonderful things for science, like what? It's like, well, he had dinner parties and, and big-time scientists got together. Right. And what? They do that all the time. Right. And At then he didn't actually... And symposiums he's and like, and then he, he totally admits that, like, oh, yeah, he promised people all kinds of money. He never did shit. He never gave anybody anything. And you're well, like, that's not true either. Okay. Because he gave MIT quite a bit of money, and MIT is controversially now has a bunch of people quitting and demanding they give it back. Okay. Well, this guy, and I mean, I don't know what to believe from what this guy says, but he was like, oh. Well, this guy was demented. He promised all this money to the, Harvard, and they didn't see a note, and like. This guy was obviously, obviously dealing with some dementia and some issues. Which is interesting that we say that, and he talks exactly like Donald Trump. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, our president too, yes. Yes. So then we get to the sexual assault allegations, and the guy is an interesting character. Um, he's a piece of shit. He uh, so he talks about how he was never invited to what he calls the Isle of Babes. Yeah, which is the the Virgin the, Islands, right? Private sex islands, right? Um, and he talks about. I'm trying to find the woman's name that that is why they know each other. Um, she was a right. young woman, uh, Miriam Franklin. Mary something. I'll find it. Anyway, she was um, a student at a uh, university and uh, they all mutually knew each other. And, um, and she apparently tipped this guy off to some of the real sleazy shit that Epstein was doing. And then that's when he, he ended off. the friendship. So he says. So he says, Maria Farmer yeah. is her name. Um, so he says one day, after they'd known each other for a long time, um, he ran into her at a flea market. She told him that he raped her and her sister. What is? What are they all doing meeting at a flea market? Why are they at a flea market? I don't really know. <laughs> um, and then Jeffrey showed up somehow <laughs> at that same flea market. And then that's when he realized... This is his story, Wait, seriously. Wait, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Can we just back it up for a quick second? Sure. My dad and I used to sell cheap knockoff sunglasses at the flea market for many years in Miami. Mm-hmm. I know. Why does someone like Jeffrey Epstein and this old scientist guy and this lady, why are they going to a flea market? Are they looking for like knockoff colognes or Versace bags? They are looking for knockoff art because that's a part of the oh, story right, later. Oh, right, right. Yes. Okay, okay. Right. All right. Yeah. Fair. 
Well, at least he and Epstein are. I don't know why she's Yeah, Epstein had this thing, apparently, for getting fake works of art and fooling people. And yeah, getting fake works of art, hanging them in his home, and then saying, having Saying, isn't people, my Renoir nice? And right. they say, yeah, and he's like, ha ha, it's a it's fake. It's fake, you fell for it. Because he's 12. <laughs> um, anyway, so she tells him he raped me and my sister years ago. Then Epstein shows up and... And, like, they look at each other in some sort of way, I guess. And then he's like, that's when I knew it was true. That's when I ended my relationship with him. And the journalist clarifies, and he's like, so you didn't know anything before? And he's like, no, I did. <laughs> and you're like, what? Um, and then here's the part that I think is interesting. So he says this. Um, I realized, oh, my God, something was happening after years and years, which he didn't tell me. He was very scrupulous about leaving me out of that stuff. Yeah, he, he, he never invited me that. to the Isle of Babes. Yeah. Journalist. So you never went there or anything like that. Guy. No, of course I didn't. For a while, I was annoyed he didn't invite me. Because <laughs> all kinds of... See, I was involved in his scientific affairs. And then later, he's like, I didn't even know it existed until Maria Farmer, but I was annoyed I didn't get invited. Is not a thing. <laughs> no, he contradicts no himself sense. like a hundred times. Makes zero sense. In this. So um, then he goes on at length about how it's really um, the media's fault and, and right. society's fault that, that they don't understand. They have been villainizing this man because. Have you ever heard of a nymphomaniac? He asks that question like ten times, like ten times, and then describes a nymphomaniac as a woman who craves sex and like will do anything to have sex, which is uh, not a part of I don't think the DSM five. Um, so then he has a different word for men, and I don't even know what it, I don't even know that it, it's a real thing, but it's uh, like satirianism or something, and. He keeps defining that as, like, a man who has the same thing, right? So he says, basically, Jeffrey Epstein was very sick. And <clears throat> a lot of men have this. But a lot of them don't have the means to carry it out politely. Mm -hmm. So lots of men rape children, he posits. But Jeffrey Epstein wasn't a bad guy and didn't rape children. Because he was able to afford to pay the children that he raped, and therefore it wasn't rape, and he did it politely. And they were trollops. And these girls were completely consenting, and they are trollops. And how can you possibly imagine that a girl that is that age was was unable to consent? <sighs> and it was all their fault, and if they didn't like it, they wouldn't keep coming back, and uh, Jeffrey Epstein's the real victim here. And these girls are sluts. And, and isn't it a sad thing that my good friend is dead? Isn't it so sad that he's dead because of all of his remarkable achievements in science, including a, a fun story where he has all these scientists, very prominent scientists from a variety of fields, sitting at a dinner party. He asks the question, what is gravity? Because he's a very smart man, as you might, as you <laughs> might know. As though to be provocative, he thought, because then he could get scientists really thinking about the big things. And when they started to answer him, he was bored because he had zero attention span and said, what does that have to do with pussy? Because, man, he was just, that's, that's his achievement, his remarkable achievement in science. You get to see, to see a pattern with all these people, right? With the Trumps and the Epsteins and all these gross old men who are running everything now. Right. Like... Failing upwards as being a mediocre white guy is 
just so amazing. It is. They're all pseudo intellectuals too. They like to be surrounded by people who are rich yeah. and famous and smart and powerful, mm-hmm. but they themselves contain no intellect. Um, and these people only they're sort good, of they're suffer good through them. They're good bullshitters, right? But these people sort of suffer them. Like their company because they have money. Like all the women who had these affairs with Trump, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, not one of them have ever said, "Well, you know what? I found him very charming, and I was attracted to him." No, yeah. they were like, "He was really important. His name is Trump. Like, of course, I had sex with him." Right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, no this this sort of pseudo intellectualism that a lot of these rich men have, I think, is an interesting thing to think about because. In the end, he doesn't actually want to know what the scientists know. He has no intellectual curiosity, right? right. That's not what this is about. It's no. not like, I am interested in science, so I want to have a conversation with smart people and learn something. It's, it's about, I'm rich and powerful. I want to be in a room with these people so that I feel important and smart. And they can dance for me. And I'm going to then ask them some stupid question that they're going to roll their eyes about, and then they're going to actually try to answer it, and then I'm going to talk about pussy for the next 45 minutes, because that's all I really care about. And I'm going to gauge who I can bring to my island and really yes. show off Based how powerful on, I am. Exactly. Based on the response to that bullshit conversation. And like... How fucking just gross and just like <sighs> I just yeah I I I think you should read the art the piece just because it's so bizarre and yeah. this guy gets into really bizarre territory and he starts freaking out at multiple points saying I can't believe I answered the phone I shouldn't have said anything but then he keeps talking and he the most bizarre part for me was he was talking about Epstein and then he started talking about himself like doing a one time at band camp thing. Yes. When he was 13 and some girl was 12 or 14 and 13 and then then he starts freaking out and saying I can't believe I said that you're going to ruin my life and and I think like what, what what is this man talking about even? Yeah. No, it's it's a bizarre piece. Um you should read it. It's I mean turn your stomach, but Well, like I said, it's insight into the world of these horrible, awful, miserable white men who run the world now. Yeah. These uh, child sex rapists or child sex rape apologists who are just these This is how their minds work. This is how they're able to justify being being in this person's life and and knowing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. This is just like inside the mind of justifications. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We got some other stuff to run down uh, when we get back. And uh, I'm sure Rachel will find something over the break that pissed her off to talk about. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Hello, and welcome back to Irreverent Testimony. Some uh, other things to discuss. Um, where did you want to start with? Um, well, I think we should start with the garbage person city councilwoman. Um, candidate. Candidate, In right. Michigan. And she's a, a primary candidate. Oh, um, that was just a primary? Yeah. The Republican primary, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, here's the thing that I didn't... Did you watch, like, the whole thing? Oh, yeah. So, but, okay, I'll let you get into it, then I'll have some questions, because I haven't okay. watched it. I've just seen the... Okay, I want to um, pull up where she is and what her name is. Sorry. Um, Jane, Joan something. Jane Kimberly or Joan Craig. Or who's knows who. Oh, my God. Stop doing It's not Kimberly Craig. No, Kimberly Craig is the woman who interviewed this woman who is running for a city council position in Marysville. North of Detroit. Yeah. A very white suburb Jean of Kramer Detroit. Jean Kramer is her name. Yeah. Jean Kramer. Uh, she was at a, like a town hall, essentially, um, like a, I guess a debate, I don't know, with the other... Um, candidates yeah candidates and she looks to give you a picture she looks kind of like dana carvey's church lady from the 90s yeah. but with curly hair like almost identical to that actually you know what she looks like she looks like joanne winholtz <laughs> she does look like joanne winholtz <laughs> they're long lost yes, sisters yes she does um okay so marysville michigan uh she was asked a question about diversity marysville is a city 55 miles northeast of detroit um, and it's about 90% white. 97% is what I saw. Uh, this article says 90%. Okay, close enough. Um, so, lots of white folks. Yeah, very white. <laughs> she was asked about um, bringing diversity into the community. So, it's a little like Windsor to Denver in that sense, right? right? It's about the same distance away. Right. Same racial makeup. Yep, yeah. that's about right. Um, and people in Windsor feel, I think, the same way about Denver that people in Marysville probably feel about Detroit. Yeah, for the most part. Um, she is one of five candidates running for three council seats in November. Um, she. Well, then it doesn't sound like a primary. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Not, not every. There's five candidates running for three seats, then I don't know. You know, not every city or municipality does primaries. A lot of them just have just at have large candidates. Can yeah. Well, we do. Look, I'm not going to get into like city council politics of Marysville. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. I know how we do it here, but I have no idea how they do it there. Right. Fair. So anyway, she was asked, um, she she said she would like to keep it, quote, as white as possible. Um, and after she said that and, and everyone was sort of like literally aghast, like literally everyone in the room was like, what did she just say? She did a little presser um, and literally had like a bunch of local press standing there asking her questions and talked at length about how um, she absolutely stands by that, and um, <clears throat> she's, quote, not against blacks, but that um, people who live in her community, uh, it would be a requirement for her that they be of the same race. So the husband and wife, or I think she kept saying mother and father, and husband and wife, yeah, be either both black or both white. But her example was only a black guy and a white lady. Right, absolutely, yeah. yes, so... Black guy, white lady, no good. Right. That's not okay with her at all. 
Um, and no foreigners, no foreign-borns, as right. she would say. Right. Uh, foreign-borns, that's a fun one. Um, and then when asked about her own heritage, turns out she's German. Uh, her <laughs> family comes, are immigrants from Germany. <laughs> yeah, I can't make this stuff up, you guys. Uh, and when asked about people coming in from Germany, which would be technically foreign-born, she seemed really confused by that question. Right. They're not and was re- like, Germans aren't foreign. Germans aren't foreign-born. And they're like, Germany is literally a different country than the United States, meaning that they would be foreign-born because they would have been born in Germany. And she was like, that seems fine with me. And they were like, what about someone from Germany and someone from Nigeria? And she sort of stops and she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And they're obviously. like, so what you're saying is like white people who are from foreign countries are okay, but non-white people who are from foreign countries are not okay. Yeah, and she just was what like, Trump said, yeah. Pretty much, um, except if they're both black, then that's okay. Because I'm not against, quote, the blacks, unquote. Yeah, right. Unless too, too many of them start moving into her community, then she would be. Yeah. Inter, interracial or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's 2019, folks, where... Okay, let, let's roll back the clock a little bit. Because let's back in 1965, maybe? Uh, I guess that was after the Civil Rights Act, so maybe even a couple years before. 1962 or 1963, at a city council meeting in Michigan, that would not be uncommon. Right. That would I'd be a say, thing that most people would be like, yeah, totally. By about 1970, you know, Civil Rights Act has passed. George Wallace has been shot. Like... I we're think we would have schools, moved on, and and if you said that by 1970, it would raise eyebrows. I think by 1970 it would raise some eyebrows, and some people would be like, "Yes," and eh, then like it, I think it was pretty taboo by then. Okay, I would I would say depends. I mean, but now in we're Michigan, now we're, I think so. But in, now in we're in Alabama, 20, no. Now, well, okay, maybe, <laughs> but now we're in 2019, and. A woman like her with these views feels emboldened to say that as it is as oh, yeah. if it is a legitimate policy position to have. Absolutely. I mean, listening to her talk, like she feels confused by some of the questions because for her it's like something that's never been challenged. So she's like not in her church, she's in her like, community, oh, in her what? her I rotary mean, club. No, I'm no, sure. Like, like they all talk about that. That's a weird question. I'd have to think about that on some of these things and you're like, whoa. <laughs> have you thought about anything critically since the sixties? <laughs> right? Okay. <clears throat> so questions, go ahead. Um do you, did any of her fellow candidates raise an eyebrow and turn and be like, what the fuck did you Absolutely. just say? Because yes. one of them was black. Correct. Not to mention, the city hall where they are sitting um, is named after uh, this man who was the mayor of Marysville. He is was a Syrian um, immigrant. Yeah. Uh, and he, he sort was of like a helped, famous doctor in that city yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Helped build the community, helped build the city. He's was, like Wellington Webb. Was the mayor. Yeah. Um, and, and they named the city council building after him. His uh, granddaughter is one of the people uh, who was either running also or already a city council person who is present, who was just like, are you fucking saying that like 
the person who this building is named after would not be welcome in our city because that's insane. <laughs> um, and like a- every single candidate was like, absolutely not. Somebody called it vile. Someone called it like they called her out and just were like, what are you saying? That is not at all. No. Okay. Well, I, no. I, 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 at least they did that. And, and again, this woman is now being horribly ostracized and her life is, I'm sure, blowing up and she's not going to win this seat. I'm sure she, they're going to force her to pull out. I whoever their backers are I, probably. I have no idea. But like... But the, but the whole point... That's not the point. No, that's not the point. The point is, in the year twenty, oh, year of our Lord 2019, someone feels as though it is okay or it is a winning platform to say those things. Feels confused that anyone would think it wasn't okay to say that. Yeah. And like quotes the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the Bible said this, well, so that, like, That's obviously. an old thing. Back in the old day, the, the, the clan... And the uh, segregationists used that, used that same argument she did. That's yeah. a very old yeah. trick. I mean, yeah, she, she says, I can't, I can't. The old I, Adam I and Eve argument. Not, I don't have the like, transcript of it and the article doesn't cover it, just her saying it. She quotes some biblical verse about like Adam and Eve were, came from, it's not, a, I mean, maybe it's not a biblical verse, but she like, Adam and Eve came from the same thing, so... God didn't intend for people who didn't like come from the same people to like, and it's just she just is like trying to explain her wackadoo version of the Bible to presser like to journalists, and they're just like they don't even know what to ask her, so they just start being like, "Are you for real? Like, <laughs> yeah, are you serious? What you punking us? <laughs> okay, and like I think that they're so like taken aback because she's just so unapologetic about it, mm-hmm. right? She's just so like. Yeah, I mean, right. Obviously, blacks and whites can't, you know, breed. And you're like, what's happening right now? Yeah. So she's not going to win, and it, and and maybe it doesn't matter, but I think it does. In that, um, it, we're in a time right now where that's possible. That like these people already exist and have always existed inside of their own little enclaves in Marysville. Um, and in their churches and their communities. Um, but they didn't think that it would be a good idea to like run for office because they knew sort of, I think in the back of their minds that people would be like, that's fucking crazy. But now it's like, well, the president is saying the same thing. So obviously yeah. I should run for office Yeah, to pre- like uphold <laughs> what the president wants to do, but do it on a city level. And then they're like sort of shocked when people are like, no, <laughs> they're like, what? But the president's saying it. And you're like, yeah, no, that's okay. It's not trickle down here. This <laughs> is not, <laughs> No. The president has not gone quite that explicit yet. Right. He he could. Right. But um yeah, that's and like even a step asking, up. And like what would mean be unwelcome here? Like what does that look like? And she's right. like, "Well, I'd have to think about that." <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, so there's that and uh on on the topic of the fact that mm. One of the two major parties in this country is a white nationalist party who controls mm-hmm. the White House, the Senate, uh, most of the courts in the Supreme Court and the Justice Department. The uh, Justice Department has been mailing out white nationalist and conspiracy mailers to now explain. So it's not like, mailers. OK, let me just explain what clips are. OK, because what happens is when you are a politician or a person who works inside politics, um, you there's this thing called clips and what happens is usually a staffer um sort of goes through and this is like the wee hours of the morning usually like two three in the morning 
goes through the news as it's being presented by the Associated Press and like all of that and finds relevant news stories that you send to said politician or judge or whoever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That are relevant for the day. So I used to get clips for uh, the Denver, for Denver, um, from the mayor's office. And then I would go through those clips and then do other clips and then send them to my boss. And it was, it's a, a sort of tedious job because you have to go through the same story the way that the news is now. Like, one news article is written by, like, the AP and then 17, uh, you know, different um, publications publish that, giving the AP credit, but that's, like, the front page of their um, news publication. That's just how journalism works these days. Mm-hmm. And so you go through and you find whatever. So... um and then you send it to them so that they can kind of look at the news of the day and figure out like what questions they might be asked if the press comes to them, if there's anything about them in the press, if there's anything controversial going on, if there's you know um, news about a bill that they're working on and like somebody wrote an op-ed about it, they need to know about that before they're like in public. Like that's the point of it, right? Mm-hmm. For somebody like judges in this case, which was the immigration court, um, it's about like changes in immigration law or opinions about immigration law or like something some other crazy judge did or a ruling that happened that could provide precedent for something that you might be ruling on today. Um, And so you just have a staffer and they like go through all of the news about immigration in this case, right? And you find like, you know, Ninth Circuit Court did this and like this lower level court did this and it's probably going to shoot up to you or a higher court than you did this and that's going to make precedent that you got to think about for your cases today, right? Makes perfect sense. And like judges don't have time to go through every fucking news article about immigration and figure out what's relevant. So it's a real job. It's a thing people do. So the story came out that the Department of Justice sends what we call clips to the immigration judges and immigration uh, court staff. And in one of these clips, they sent a, a link to a white supremacist conspiracy theory website called... V Dare. V Dare. Named for Virginia Dare, who was a eugenicist, mm, I think. Good. And in it, they used um, language that I did not know existed. Um, that was super anti-Semitic, um, and that was part of the clips that were sent to immigration judges by the fucking Department of Justice. So. Somebody uh, clicked that link and was brought to this white supremacist website and reached out to the immigration judge uh, union. Um, and I think we should note that like there's been a lot of attempts by the Department of Justice to de-unionize, um, and like they're they're pretty anti the this judge's union. Um, <laughs> well, clearly they stopped the white nationalists clips from going out. Right. So the one of the like the union communications person sent a letter to the Department of Justice pointing this out, um, and then it, it hit the news that this happened, and uh, that's where we are. Is the Department of Justice is sending anti-Semitic news yeah. stories to judges? A couple of things. Their excuse was they had a third-party vendor that mm-hmm. did it for them. Mm-hmm. Was that wasn't that what they said? So. They had two excuses. One, this was not a right person that was actually staffed by the Department of Justice. It was a third-party vendor. And two, like, 
they use this like Google algorithm. And so, like, they, it's not reviewed. And I can just tell you that's oh. fucking bullshit. Can, can we hold on a second and play the uh, play the old uh, uh, alternate universe game? Can you imagine Eric Holder's Department of Justice and something goes out to any kind of judges, immigration judges, with, like, uh, it's not even equivalent, but, like, Black Panther propaganda. Or even, like, something from, like, The Root. <laughs> Right? They lose their mind. Oh my god. Fox News would literally melt down. The Department of Justice is now a black militant organization. <laughs> god. Yeah. Yeah. Something from the root. Or like it doesn't I was going to like it does, I was say like something from Farrakhan. But it doesn't have to be Farrakhan. It can be I mean there know. is no real equivalent. Maybe we no, could there do is something no equivalent. from like That's right. Uh, like there, the Black Liberation Army like are they sending Assad <laughs> Shakur's cables from Cuba? <laughs> To judges, that would be the, That's equivalent. the equivalent. Yeah, you're that right. would be the equivalent. Not, not even really, but not even close. really because she's my fucking hero. Yeah, but but like close, close, <laughs> yeah. right? Asada yeah. Shakur's cables from Cuba are like going there are to... actual black separatists out there. Yes, yes, and I don't blame them. Or like the uh, what's the crazy group or like the Emmanuel crazy black separatist neo Zionist whatever they are. The, the oh yeah, yeah, right. That yell at the white people <laughs> yeah, in DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> they made them <that> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> They just like screen like like just like scanned in one of the pages that they hand to white people as you walk by, and then like just sent it to a bunch of judges. I mean, literally, that is what we're talking about. Yeah, that's how fucking absurd this would be. Yeah, and this is what happened. That's what happened. And now I read this morning that um, federal agencies have been doing this for months from all kinds of conspiracy places and white nationalist places. Like this is. I didn't know that. Yeah. This has been ongoing a long time. This is a can of worms that hopefully a Chris Hayes or Rachel Maddow will dig into. Somebody should. Um, because I'll do it. I could see Maddow totally doing it. Uh, yeah, we'll do it. We don't have as big an audience, obviously, but that's something we will circle back to, I would say, <laughs> because it is fucking bonkers. Like, I didn't even think of it. So you said, like, yeah. Yeah, like, imagine Eric Holder's Department of Justice... It, word getting around that he was sending out black separatist propaganda black to judges. Black Liberation Army... <laughs> Literature. I mean, we can't even make that comparison because not going to a bunch Army of white judges like, would be like this. Uh, is they crazy. should read this. They should read the Black Liberation <laughs> Army's platform, in my opinion. But that would not be a thing that Eric Holder would do. No, and it would not be a thing that would influence those judges. <laughs> no. no, like the white supremacist stuff might. That's the problem. But the fucked up thing is, is that like the thing they sent out was insulting the judges themselves. Yes. And calling them like this weird anti-Semitic term, meaning like um, from like way back in the day of about like Jews like seeking power and trying to like right, take over. Right. Well, it's if like Bi- some word, it's some if Bill Barr was was smart, if Bill Barr was smart, he would say, "Oh no, no, we are just warning them that this stuff is out there and they should be vigilant." And then like I could buy that even if it but was bullshit. No. But no, no. But that even then you're like you put like. Okay, sometimes... Without like, any context. I, sometimes you put in clips, like, just FYI, this is floating around. Yeah. As a preface to yes. the next thing you're going to send because you want to soften the fucking blow for your boss. But that, that was a bad there. news article. Yeah. Or you don't send it in clips, you send it separately, and you're like... Oh, no, that was somebody that the Department mm. of Justice... I just slipped right ...brought in, in wanted to intimidate those very judges. Yes. Right. Wanted to be like... Here's what we think of you over at the Department of Justice, because obviously the immigration judges so go back would to like the, to intimidate. So, so go back to the reality. It would be like <laughs> Eric Holder sending out uh, black separatist propaganda about 
uh, lynching white judges or something. Right. <laughs> yes. And just like slipping it in there. Just one other <laughs> link to look at. Yeah. Just by the way, by I want to. You should read like, this. We, we all want you lynched here <laughs> over at the Department of Justice. It's that, it's that crazy. It really is. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. I don't know. I, I Yeah. And this kind of stuff has, has been apparently going out widespread from all different federal departments. And that's kind of where we are. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking bonkers. We got about 20 minutes left. What? What do you want to talk about? Oh, man. Well, um, Trump just, the White House just sent guidance to the Department of Justice, or the Department of Justice just, just sent guidance to the court, or I might have that backwards, on um, saying that the 1964 Civil Rights Act does not protect LGBTQ people from uh, basically job discrimination and housing discrimination. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been coming. Um, they They sort of signaled that they were going to do that, which we... New, I and guess. quietly this week they did with all the other <laughs> chaos happening, and the log cabin Republicans officially endorsed Trump earlier this week, and then a bunch of their leadership yes. quit. Yeah. Which why is log cabin Republicans still a thing? First of all, like, you know, did they because it's did a they bunch have, of cis white men who are gay, but are okay with being fired from their jobs because tax cuts? I mean, what, did they share a booth with the Jews for Hitler, uh, you know, foundation at CPAC? Like, what? what is that anymore? Like, you could... I, I, they're I, cis white men with a lot of money and power, and so they don't really give a shit about us. They don't really give a shit about their brothers and sisters. Don't they give a shit about keeping their own job and yeah, they don't, getting their they, own mortgages? They, they, they have... They're, they're, they're cis white men with money. Right, this is not any. They're not a marginalized group, other than that they're gay, and mm-hmm. because they have money and they probably make people money, nobody cares that in, they're gay. Okay, and so they feel safe. But in Pence land, does that even matter at that point anymore? And don't they know that? I mean, you don't think they are gonna they're gonna be targets if? I think, I do think that matters. I, I I'm not trying to defend the fucking log cabin Republicans. They can fucking eat a brick. I'm as not far defending as them either. I'm saying, do they I'm not saying, actually think like? Uh, no, I don't. Would... I think that they feel so insulated by the rest of their privilege that they don't understand that at some point you're next. Well, it's, it's like, just it, that you're not next it's for like, so long. It's like Mexican Americans for the wall, right? And for harsh immigration, or those yeah. who work for ICE, right? Right. Right. Um. Yeah, no, they're fucking traitors and they can eat a brick, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I, 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 and like Dan Savage has been railing against them for years, and it's just like, you know, I, go, just go fuck yourself. Just, just seriously, I have nothing, I have no, nothing to say to you at all, ever. Um, I have a thing. Okay. So, you know how we talked a while back about how Anne Frank didn't die from a gas chamber, but right. died, in fact, uh, of a communicable disease? Yes. This week, uh, the White House and the um, Department of Homeland Security and ICE announced that they would not be giving flu vaccinations to detained migrants. Yeah, that's insane for so many reasons. So many reasons. It's not insane. You don't need a gas chamber to have a concentration camp. You don't need a gas chamber to have a death camp. 
That's the truth. Yeah, but you're also putting the border patrol guards and <laughs> well, they and can get a flu vaccine. Uh, yeah, you can, but what if they don't? Or what if they're you know it it it's works sixty percent of the time. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. It, like you're willing to we'll put kill a bunch of brown people in the process. Oh God. I mean, it's literally there is no other word for it at this point. If we're not going to vaccinate an overcrowded, unhygienic camp filled with people who can't shower and have proper hygiene against the flu when flu season is coming up, there is nothing else you can call it than a fucking genocide. Because that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's one of the stories I think is going to mushroom by early next week. It's kind of percolating because it just kind of came out the end of this week. But yeah, that is. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, Greg on Kegro Show is going to talk about it in depth on Monday. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a death camp. I, I don't think anymore. Anytime we compare this to Nazi concentration camps and people say we're being hyperbolic, like I think that's done now. Like, I do you know how much a flu vaccine costs? It's nothing. It it it. it we're paying $755 per day per person to be held there, and we can't give them a fucking flu vaccination. It's not because we can't afford it. It's because we lack the will to do it. And it's not because we lack the will to do it. It's because we don't want to do it. We intentionally would like to have all of these people die. No, we're purposefully going out of our way to be cruel and inhumane and injure these people. It's just, it's not even that people die from the flu. Yeah, this is a fucking absolutely. genocide of immigrants. They came here in good faith. We captured them. We put them in a cell. We refused to give them basic humane conditions and hygiene to survive in. And now we're going to allow a flu, a disease, to flourish and kill off how many of them? Yeah. That's a fucking genocide. Not to mention, they just announced that they're going to be able to ha uh, hold the children detainees indefinitely. So, Which a judge already said he can't do. Uh, but they're not letting them out. So who's going to enforce that? Department of it's Justice? It's going to go to the Supreme Court. and Who's going to enforce it? Lose. Who's going to enforce it? Yeah, bars Department of Justice, right. Right, no. The, no, this is a fucking genocide. This is, we are not, this is not a joke. They don't need to take showers. They don't need toothbrushes. And a judge just said that's bullshit too. Again, and where are the toothbrushes and where right. are the showers? Right. And now we're not going to do flu vaccines. A judge can say that too. And where will the flu vaccines be? And who will administer them? Mm -hmm. And when hundreds and thousands of people die in these camps, which is what will happen, what will we say? Uh, you know what it's going to come down to? I, 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 it's going to come down to actual physical force and these sites being overrun by people and at that point it'll be up to, to Trump and the Department of Justice as to whether they are going to buttress that with military force. We do National Guard at this point like we did back in the day. Yeah. Right, and states just come out and say like, look, we're coming in here. This may be federal land. I don't care. We're coming in and we're giving people either we're liberating them, which is what I would prefer, <laughs> or 
And then at that point, we or have, we're enforcing the judge's order. We're enforcing for the judge's sanitary order conditions for sanitary conditions and a flu vaccine. That's ha- that's going to happen. That's it has to, or we're literally going to commit a genocide. It's yeah. coming. So I don't know, but that's not. I'm not making this up. Like that's where we are. Right. No, you're absolutely right, and we're 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 already pushing on, pushing on that a little bit, right? We're yeah. we're we've we've made some human chains to stop some things. We've we've done we've done some things in different uh, capacity to to try to exert some influence and to do some things that need to be done. And um, I'm just saying that like it's gonna take more. It's going to take more. It's going to take more, and it could get very messy and dangerous. It will. Well, it may have to, is the thing. Yeah. Nobody wants that. But, I, I don't know. Uh, on a final note of even, I don't know, get, there's no worse news than that. Um, but just like super scary fascist state stuff. Um, remember, like... 2017, early 2017, we were all real traumatized. Yeah. And uh, we did a couple of podcasts, and I talked about how, you know, they're not going to stop at the Muslims, they're not going to stop at this, and one of these days we're going to end up on a list. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here. Okay. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the list. Uh, yeah, I read something about this. Give me some more information. So, I'll have to find it real quick. Um, Basically, this idea that we talked about last time about, like, the left and the right coming together to sort of define these white supremacist shooters and terrorists as terrorists, as domestic terrorists. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And then, then, like, how that can balloon into they're not going to go after white supremacists right Right. if we have a domestic terrorist task force it's not going to be about white supremacists the task force will be made up of white supremacists so it will be us right so last week um the the um administration announced that they were going to make a list of domestic terrorists Mm. and the definition of domestic terrorists is really interesting because it's pretty vague. And uh, all indications from this administration point to it being sort of like, I don't know, political dissidents. Mm-hmm. People who don't fall in line. Mm-hmm. People who speak out. People who are scary. Um, and white supremacists aren't going to make the list. But guess who is going to make the list? Uh, people that are considered Antifa. Yes. Specifically, that was something that they talked about was like people that are considered Antifa will be on the domestic terror watch list. The pres- This is the president saying it. It's not anybody else. He literally said, like, we need to make a list of people who are considered Antifa after the um, Portland. Um, I don't know. Showdown or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there was another one where the Proud Boys came and started shit and mm-hmm. got into tussles with people. Our and people said, no, you don't fucking belong in our city. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, 
and, and, and that, and that and was his response. The was Proud Boys did. main guy has now come out and say, yeah, this is what we do. We we go out here to start shit and uh-huh. to make the city use its resources because we don't like the mayor because he's too liberal. Yeah. And we want these people in jail. Mm. And Trump was like, great, let's put them in jail. Let's put them on a list. Let's make a list of these Antifa people. Just reminding everyone that like... The fascist crackdown is happening. Yeah. Antifa means anti-fascist. <laughs> yeah. So... I think we just need to really talk about like being really careful about how we intend to use the state for law enforcement purposes and the unintended consequences of ever using the state for law enforcement purposes. Mm -hmm. Right? We intend to use the state to say these white supremacists are a problem and they're violent and they're hurting our communities. We need to do something about it. And when we use the state as an arm of trying to prevent fascism, it backfires every fucking time. Can I, can I interject? Yeah. Uh, in the year 2000, just before September 11th, there was a movie called The Siege. Have you ever seen it? I don't know. What's it about? It's about... It sounds familiar. Is it like uh, Denzel Washington? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, there's all these, these um, you know, terror attacks, like... Islamic extremist terrorist attacks. Or again, right. this is pre-9-11. Okay. And they, they don't know what to do, and everybody's freaking out. So they're like, okay. And they're, they're mostly concentrated in New York City. Okay. So this, this group of, of high-level politicians and national security people together and say, um, you need to mili- we need to militarize New York City to protect everybody. Right. And Bruce Willis is like the, the, the main general guy. And he basically says, okay, if you do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a fascist dictator. <laughs> and they're like, go do your thing. And he becomes a fascist dictator. And it's everything, like you're saying, like, you know, they're just rounding up whoever they round up, political dissidents, people who, you know, look Islamic or have an Islamic name and they're putting him in camps and all this thing. And Denzel Washington sort of saves the day and whatever. But like, yeah, that is not, Yo, you know, Denzel's not going to save the day. In no, time. no, we like, you cannot use the master's tools to dismantle the master's house. No. Using and again, the and I'm going to department gonna, of justice to, to try to save us from is, fascists is insane. It's not, no. And I'm going to bitch about this again. And finally, they're starting to get a little hip to this. But in the immediate aftermath, because people overreact and don't think rationally in the wake of, of terrible things that happen, which is understandable, but it's also very reckless. In the immediate aftermath of El Paso and um, Ohio and California... If you turn on MSNBC and you watch Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes or Nicole Wallace or anybody, you had all these former prosecutor types being like, well, we need we need a task force and we need to enshrine local law enforcement with the ability to, uh, you know, root out these these potential domestic domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. And you had people like Maddow and Hayes not pushing back at all. Yeah, yeah. That's like nodding right. along. Because the local law enforcement, they know their local communities. That's a great idea. And, and, like, and Rachel and I were on. literally screaming at our televisions like till blood was coming out of our, you know, all, all our orifices. And then after a couple of days, I guess they thought about it and they're like, well, wait a minute. Turns out cops are Nazis. So maybe we shouldn't do that. 
Turns out the Department of Justice is not our friend after all. And um, local law enforcement is filled with fucking Blue Lives Matter people who have... This is the same conversation we keep having. People who have their backs to fascists at fucking protests. Yeah. And that, like, a lot of people have been doxxed and outed by Antifa. But by people that are like, oh, here's a cop who just posted on Facebook that he hates the N-word people. Mm -hmm. Here's a cop who um, is donating money to this anti... uh, You know, like a white supremacist organization. Here's four cops who are KKK enrolled members. And you're like, great. Those are the people that we should be instilling with more value, with more power and to root out domestic terror. And let's further militarize the police force, yes, right? Yes, because that's not already Which is a something we, we were tr- we've been trying to undo desperately. Yes. So, so we're going to give them some more power and some more firepower and some less accountability to go police their communities and the ability to call anybody they want a domestic terrorist. So we saw that's this coming right off the bat. And too many people didn't. And, of course... The I don't want to say the bright side, but you, the, what makes me breathe a sigh of relief is like there have been no, well, Congress hasn't even done anything, but the no bills are, are working their way through Congress. I think that we actually caught a break in that this happened when uh, Congress was on their summer break and they decided not to reconvene and come back. Yeah, but be looking to your local state legislatures and city councils, though. Be looking to those folks because it doesn't have to come from a federal level. No, it, it doesn't. Come- it, it doesn't. But my point is, had they knee-jerked like 9-11 yeah. style and come right. back, we might have had some scary bills pass both chambers and get signed by Trump. Yeah. And now with people having some time to breathe and think about it, like uh, hopefully that's not as likely. But I don't trust the Democratic House not to do something incredibly stupid. Right, because they think it's a good idea because they want to fight white nationalists. But Or they're terrified of going into 2020 and saying, you didn't do enough to protect us from domestic terrorism. Right. Right. And see the Republicans, now they're ready to tackle domestic terrorists. Right. So... Because the Republicans know what the fuck that means. And the Democrats don't. Yeah. They don't see the forest through the trees. Like, they just don't. Right. So, keep your eye on that and, and, you know... But seriously, though, watch your state legislatures and city councils to make sure... And if any of this starts to come up, you fucking go make a fuss. And tell mm-hmm. them unintended consequences, yo. Especially if you have Democratic-controlled uh, anything. Like, go be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we all hate fascists. Yeah. And here are things that can happen if you do this. Please don't do it. Right. Because I don't think that they're going to do it out of a sense of of, um, you know, of harm. They just don't understand what the consequences will actually be and who will actually be targeted. It's like back in the 90s when they did all these, you know, the crime bill. They're trying to protect people. But what did it do? Cause right. mass incarceration. Right, right. Of black people. Right. Because it was good intentions with really, really fucking bad unintended consequences. It, well, it wasn't good intentions from everybody. But right. but from the Democrats. <laughs> from Elijah was. Cummings, yes. Right. It was obviously good intentions. But that doesn't matter if the 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 outcomes are what they are. Yeah. Just dire and desperate. All right, we got about a minute left. What else? That's all I got. Um, I guess just, you know, take care of yourselves. And, uh, you know, we've been saying for a long time until right after the election, there's going to come a point where just day to day life and waiting for it to get better is not going to be enough. And we're going to need hyper vigilance. And I think we're kind of there. Yeah. Um, you know, 
there is no guarantee that 2020 is going to be a free and fair election. No. Nope. In fact, I would lean to Probably the not. probability that it won't. Yeah. Um, and even if it is, or even if it isn't and we win, the likelihood of a peaceful succession, I think, is also something we have to think about. Yes. And we're going to talk so much more about that until they put us on the list and throw us in Guantanamo Bay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I say that half jokingly. Right. Uh, until then, uh, you know, be prepared to be vigilant. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. And, you know, have a safety plan. Protect yourselves. Don't fucking put shit on Facebook, please. Don't talk over unencrypted things about anything. Like, just fucking be smart. Yeah. They're going to be watching for that. And just keep yourself out of harm's way as much as you can. All right. More than ever, stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. At Irreverent Duo on Twitter, Irreverent Testimony at gmail.com. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. See you soon.